Hi, I'm Lana from wellnessjourneys.co.uk and welcome back to my podcast series, Journeys to Wellness. My website, wellnessjourneys.co.uk, gives a lot of information of the work that I do. I love to work um, or to help people to find their purpose on the journey we all know is life. So today I'm going to be talking about the dark night of the soul. Now this is something that I spoke about recently where I felt that I was disconnected from my upper centers and I've come to realize that really it was a really disconnection from everything that's been happening in the world recently and I think that uh, there's no explanation for it certainly if we try to find the explanation why we're feeling the way that we're feeling we can look at our human experience our conditioning our patterns our behaviors and we can certainly understand that on a cognitive level but on a deeper level i've been left almost like in the spiritual wilderness that's all i can call it and it's unusual for me because i really have felt that i've come away from that part of me that really understands and can go deeply into the, the realms of nature, the realms of the divine within. Anyway, I came across recently um, some writing by a young man called Matteo Sol. Now he's written a book and so I take no ownership of that, but I thought I would share it today because for me it's, it's helped me to understand the dark night of the soul that I've experienced. Um, and it was confirmed to me that um, I had COVID in March and there was a point where I didn't go to the hospital but there was a point where I was here in my house and just going through just trying to survive and I, I reached that point one that one night when I woke up and I thought is this it is this it is this my last night on this physical plane and it really took me into a place of choice I could fight this or I could choose to accept and acknowledge that if this was going to be my last night on earth then so be it and I chose to surrender to that but I do call it the dark night of the soul so coming across this this article um, recently it's really kind of given me some insight into what is actually happening not just on um, an individual level but on a collective level and Matteo talks about um, a lot of things um, that resonate with me and I, I hope that it will resonate with you as well because out of suffering have emerged the strongest souls, the most massive characters and seared or seared with scars and that's by Khalil Gibran. At some point most of us go through a phenomenon known as the dark night of the soul and although we try to run from it, it's still there. Although we try to cover it up and smother it, it is still there. Although we try to put on a happy, smiley face and pretend it away, it's still there. While some of us seek reprieve in religious thought, others of us seek respite in spiritual philosophy or psychology, and still others seek relief through addiction and mind-numbing external pursuits. The truth is, is that although we are all born with souls, 
Not all of us know how to fully embody and integrate them into our human experience. The truth is, is that in our modern world, we live egocentrically rather than soul-centrically. Mystics, saints and shamans throughout history have all referred to this egocentric human struggle in different ways. But the one thing they all had in common was their tendency to point to the need for us to consciously grow into our divine potential. One of these people was Saint John of the Cross, a Spanish monk who coined the term Dark Knight of the Soul. The name of one of his poems based on his own mystical experience. These days the concept of the Dark Knight of the Soul has come to be used in a much broader way what was once a term reserved for people actively going through a spiritual journey has now come to easily label anything ranging from a few bad days and a period of depression to the death of a loved one. But what really is the dark night of the soul? So first we'll start with a basic definition. The dark night of the soul is a period of utter spiritual desolation disconnection and emptiness in which one feels totally separated from the divine. Those who experience the dark night feel completely lost, hopeless and consumed with melancholy. The dark night of the soul can be likened to severe spiritual depression. It's a type of spiritual emergency. The concept of having a dark night of the soul has existed for a long time and spans back to the 16th century when poet and Catholic mystic Saint John of the Cross wrote a poem entitled The Dark Night of the Soul. He wrote, if a man wishes to be sure of the road he's travelling on, then he must close his eyes and travel in the dark. Traditionally, the dark night of the soul refers to the experience of losing touch with God, Creator, and being plunged into the absence of godless emptiness. The modern understanding of having a dark night of the soul, however, is not exclusively a religious one, but can often mean losing all meaning in life, feeling out of touch with the divine, feeling betrayed or forsaken by life, and having no solid or stable ground to stand on. Some of the heaviest questions we ask during this period include, for example, why am I alive? Why do good people suffer? What is truth? Is there a God or afterlife? And what is the point of living? Dark night and depression is it the same thing. The dark night of the soul is not the same as depression. Although depression shares many of its characteristics with the experience of having a dark night of the soul, it can often be treated and sometimes cured with medications, cognitive behavioural therapy, CBT, mindfulness practices, lifestyle changes and so forth. Furthermore, depression often has its roots in biological chemical imbalances and or unhealthy thought patterns and often comes as a result of personal loss, mental illness, physical illness, abuse, genetics and so on. On the other hand, having a dark night of the soul is a much different experience because it is primarily a spiritual and existential form of crisis that can't be treated or cured with therapy or psychiatry. 
Therefore, those of us going through the dark night often feel an increasing sense of hopelessness, unease and despair as we discover that no one can save us but ourselves. Inevitably, this makes us feel even more alone, frustrated and confused about the world and about ourselves. I am intensely aware of what it is like to experience complete psychological and spiritual desolation and although the feeling seems endless, there is a light at the end of the tunnel if you just know where to look. Seven omens that herald the dark night of the soul. I am a forest and a night of dark trees. But he who is not afraid of my darkness will find banks full of roses under my cypresses. Frederick Nietzsche. What is the difference between the dark night and depression, you may still wonder. Well, even back in the 16th century, St. John of the Cross himself was at great pains to distinguish the dark night from mere melancholia, depression. After all, the symptoms of the dark night of the soul are not that different from depression. But while depression is psychological, neurological, biological, the dark night heralds deep-seated changes occurring within us known as spiritual transformation. Here are seven omens that you might be going through a dark night of the soul. One, you feel a deep sense of sadness, which often verges on despair, this sadness is often triggered by the state of your life, humanity, and or the world as a whole. Two, you feel an acute sense of unworthiness. Three, you have the constant feeling of being lost or condemned to a life of suffering or emptiness. Four, you possess a painful feeling of powerlessness and hopelessness. Five, your will and self-control is weakened, making it difficult for you to act. Six, you lack interest and find no joy in things that once excited you. Seven, you crave for the loss of something intangible, a longing for a distant place or to return home again. The ultimate difference between depression and the dark night of the soul is that depression is usually self-centric whereas the dark night is philosophical in nature and is accompanied by ex existential reflections such as why am I here and what is my purpose? Also, when depression ends, not much changes in your life in terms of your beliefs, values and habits. However, when the dark night of the soul ends, everything in your life is transformed and life becomes wondrous again. Why suffering is necessary. My desire to live is as intense as ever. And though my heart is broken, hearts are made to be broken. That is why God sends sorrow into the world. To me, suffering seems now a sacramental thing that makes those whom it touches holy. Any materialism in life coarsens the soul. Oscar Wilde, Letters. 
A Polish psychologist once coined the term positive disintegration, which views tension and anxiety as necessary in the process of spiritual and psychological maturing. In other words, it is the friction within us that causes the mirror of our souls to be polished enough for us to glimpse our true nature. I often hear people speak of the dark night as some problem, some kind of problem they have to fix or something they went through a long time ago that is now over. Thank God. But what these people thought was a dark night may have just been a glimpse of the darkness within them, especially when they speak egotistically about it as if it were a badge of honour. A true dark night of the soul leaves a long-lasting impact on you. It changes you completely when you exit, exit a dark night. You will discover that something is always taken away from you for the better, such as your beliefs, your perceptions, your former meaning in life, or even in rare cases, your ego. The metaphysician, metaphysician Ananda Kumaraswamy put it this way, no creature can attain a higher grade of nature without ceasing to exist. Have you ever seen a butterfly begin to emerge from its cocoon? It must struggle in order to strengthen its wings. If someone frees the butterfly from its cocoon prematurely, it won't be able to fly because its crucial tempering stage will not have occurred. The same is true for trees. Trees need wind in order to build their structural strength to stay upright. Your dark night of the soul is your wind, your cocoon. It is an ego death whereby you shred the ego, you shed the ego that prevents you from embodying your soul. If you try to avoid the hard work of, as Ananda put it, ceasing to exist or breaking down your old confining structures, you won't have what it takes to truly embody your essential nature. I'll read that again. If you try to avoid the hard work of, as Ananda put it, ceasing to exist, or breaking down your old confining structures, you won't have what it takes to truly embody your essential nature. What is the point of living? Here's another central question and concern that emerges over and over again during our dark night of the soul. What is the point of living? Such a question weighs down on us like lead oppressing us constantly. Each day we might obsessively search for an answer, but find to our greatest dismay that the answers to such a question are as expansive as the waves on the ocean. Some people tell us the point is to serve God. Others tell us the point is to make a difference. And others tell us there is no point. You make your own meaning. There are only three of hundreds. These are only three of hundreds, even thousands of possible answers. So what the hell are we supposed to do? Who is right and who is wrong? If there really is any right or wrong answer, we walk down one path and immediately become dissatisfied, disillusioned, 
and repelled by what we discover. Then we walk down another path and history repeats itself again and again until we realize with horror, every path is meaningless to me and we collapse in grief and despair, winding up at square one again. Such a cycle repeats itself over and over again during the dark night of the soul, so much so that it can become like torment. I know because I have experienced it. The strange thing is that although we get to a point of complete desolation, we still hold a glimmer of hope that pursuing the same path over and over and over again will somehow bring us to a deeply satisfying meaning one day. We seem to think that the mind is the solution to our problems, that utilizing the mind will release us from the original prison created by the mind that feels the need to quantify, measure and define everything. What most of us fail to do, however, is to question the actual questions we are asking and pursuing the answers to. Have you ever tried asking, why must there be a point to live in, instead of, what is the point of living? In elaboration on this, I'll elaborate on this before, below, sorry, I'll elaborate on this below. Happiness isn't this or that. Happiness just is. I love that. I love that. Earlier today, as this author goes on to say, I opened my email and received a poignant message from one of our longtime readers asking, I don't understand why am I alive today? Why do I experience life? I don't know why I'm here now. I don't see the point of living my life. I don't want anything not material, physical achievements, not relationships, not entertainment, nothing. I don't know what to do with this body, mind and feelings. Or maybe I just experienced this life too intensely until I am numbed, but why? Matteo goes on to say, my answer to anyone experienced this is that although you might feel cursed, you are actually blessed it sounds absurd, even insulting, but this is the truth. Before any true growth or healing can occur, there must be a process of destruction and complete annihilation of everything you thought would bring you happiness. Most, most people experiencing dark night realize this, that nothing makes them happy anymore, not bodily, not sexual, not emotional, not material, not political, not social, not even spiritual. And this is the start of the purification process. Conditioning versus reality. Since birth, you have been conditioned to believe that money will make you happy. A sex, sexy, rich partner will make you happy. A high IQ will make you happy. A big house will make you happy. A thriving career will make you happy. A perfect life will make you happy. This is all a lie because whenever you pursue happiness, you are immediately losing touch with the fact that happiness is already here, right now, in this very second. Without you having to do anything or question anything, happiness just is. 
This sounds like the most ridiculous thing you might have ever heard, and yet deep down you might sense the truth in it. If this is the case, the first layer of your illusion has been peeled away. What a blessing. A blessing in disguise. In reality, it is absolutely terrifying to have the ground beneath your feet ripped out from beneath you. And this is precisely what we experience during the dark night of the soul. And yet this experience is the greatest teacher of all to all of us because it illuminates what is fragile, transient and subject to change, growth and decay. We are subsequently left with a feeling of greater inner emptiness, but within this emptiness we eventually come to see what can never come, go, change or die, and that is the truth of who we are. Pure, peaceful and blissful conscious essence. The mind is always frantically searching. The mind is a product of our evolutionary development. It protects us and structures our existence and through it we can experience the beauty of life. But in order to truly come to any closure during our dark nights, we must understand that the mind is limited, narrow and finite, and therefore so is our reasoning. Why must there be a point to live in other than the experience of being alive in all of its fascinating and shocking diversity? Why must we pursue or find something rather than simply experiencing each moment fully and completely in the simplicity of being? That is why I say that happiness isn't this or that, happiness just is. What exactly are we seeking when we want to answer the question, what is the point of living? We want a satisfactory answer that will appeal to the mind and give us happiness. But happiness can't be given because happiness is. This might all sound like fancy rhetoric, but I recommend that you let it sink in and really look into more. The author goes on to say it took him years, but these six questions helped him to solidify the understanding that happiness and fulfillment are already here now. The dark night and the spiritual awakening process. There are three ways that spiritual awakenings can occur. The first is at the hands of wise spiritual teachers. The second is through the spiritual drive of soulfully mature people. And the third is spontaneously due to life experience. Spontaneous awakenings arrive in a number of ways. A terminal diagnosis, old age, a near-death experience, a physical accident, the loss of a loved one, a romantic breakup, the destruction of your home or homeland, suicidal depression, or the complete loss of your religious faith. The dark night is a herald, an omen of change. It lets us know that we can't continue living the way we have been living. There is no growth, no awakening in life, to life, without first seeing and acknowledging our existing disappointment. Acknowledging our disappointment means becoming aware of the deeply held sense of incompletion that we all carry. It means becoming aware that something is desperately missing from our lives, 
Those that have experienced or are currently experiencing a dark night of the soul will know that something very fundamental at a core level is out of focus or completely lacking in their lives. Those going through a dark night will sense that so much more is possible in their lives, even though they don't exactly know what that so much more is. I'm going to come back in another episode to follow on with this. Um, but this author that has wrote this, um, he's brought to me, he's given me such a gift and a gift of understanding that I've died that night when I was going through that sickness where I questioned, is this it? I know that I died. And since then, the search has been to really find the answer to what has happened. Why can I not connect spiritually? Why can I not actually enjoy things that I enjoyed before? Having sex, being intimate with my partner is no longer something that I should feel or I do feel guilty about when I say, no, I don't need this right now. When I feel that I don't need to listen to music, I don't need to be in company, I don't need to be political unless I really feel an urgency to put my point across. But all of this has only served me to recognize that I'm happy. I'm really happy in in who I am. And that is a strange thing when you can come to a place of actually being happy because for most of us we don't understand or recognize what happiness is and this is what this um this piece is about so i'm going to come back um but for now thank you for listening this has been an episode just to really awaken in me to share and i only come to my podcast when it's time to share something Take care and have a great day. You've been listening to myself, Lana Lynn Marino, and you can find me on different platforms, but um, I hope you are enjoying these podcasts. I certainly am. And as I said, I only come to them when I feel that awakening, that it's time to share something. Have a great day. And thank you as always for being with me, for listening. And remember, life doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful.